Before we get started today, I have a listener to thank for a donation. Jennifer Smith set up automatic payments via PayPal every month. Those monthly automatic payments are very, very helpful for us because they help us to pay for ongoing expenses like web hosting. If you would like to donate to the Messy Studio Podcast, just go to MessyStudioPodcast.com and click the Donate button. It's a yellow button in the upper right-hand corner that says Donate, and there you can set up a single-time donation or a recurring monthly donation like Jennifer via PayPal. So once again, thank you so much, Jennifer, for your generous monthly donation. All right, that's all for now. Let's get right into the show. Hello and welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, we are searching for stories. Since the beginning of time, artists have told stories with their work. Sometimes the messages are straightforward and other times open to interpretation. Stories can be told with recognizable imagery, with symbols, and even with purely abstract elements. At the heart of telling stories is our desire to communicate and the human love of narrative. Do you think of your work as telling stories? In today's discussion, we hope to open your mind to the narrative aspects of your work and perhaps enable you to mine your stories for new ideas. With me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll. Hello, everyone. So uh, last week, I took a trip to Utah to look at um, ancient rock art in different locations around Moab. And this um, trip had a big impact on me, just looking at these really pretty mysterious images um, and thinking about that as story. Um, in most cases, no one really knows quite what those symbols on the rocks mean, um, why they were created. There's some, you know, archaeological evidence about who the people were that made them and when they were made, uh, some of them almost 2,000 years ago. But really, the, the exact narrative, we, we don't know. <laughs> um, and But I guess what really struck me was the, uh, the, the purpose, the, the great purpose and effort and intention that went into making these. Um, th they're not easy to create. I mean, they're, a lot of them are, are pecked into the rock or scraped into the rock with uh, who knows what kind of tools, probably other rocks, I guess. And they can be in pretty difficult locations. They're in really rugged areas. And so there was, you know, a real drive to make these. Um, it's also interesting that over time, different groups would add to them or, or actually paint or chip over the images that were there. And so when you're looking at them, you see these, uh, in certain ones, you see these layers of time. You can see the very old ones under the newer ones. The older ones are patinaed over. And it just, it was moving, you know, to see this human record, to be in the presence of this story, stories, uh, unknown stories, but over time. Yeah, you think of what kind of emotional impact these these stories must have had on people to yeah. uh, to motivate them to go through all that work. I know, and you know that some of them um, really look like I, I think they are thought to be spirit forms, gods, shamans, something. Um, others are uh, like hunting 
uh, images, um, and then there's some that are just they're just shapes or spirals, or uh, some of them are thought to be migration maps of travel and things like that. Um, and yeah, what what function did they have for the people that made them? We don't really know, but it was something very strong. Um, and anyway, I I came away thinking we know these are stories. We sense they are on an intuitive level, even if we don't literally know the meaning. And um, and there was a power there. There was a the mystery, uh, and the, the as you say, this human intention, this um, strength of purpose in in making those. And so anyway, I was kind of you know transitioning once I was back home to thinking about this power of story in art, um, because it has always been a primary function of art to tell stories and whether those are um, from religion or history or legends or whatever it is um, and and you know historically that a lot of art illustrated was meant to tell a story you you might know something you might look at the work and know the story or it might help you to know the story to understand the work I guess in more contemporary times um, you know a lot of it is more like personal stories, I would say, um, personal stories about someone's experience and just kind of a record of their reactions to things or something around them. Um, and uh, it's interesting to think that abstraction can have stories. And that I think that's kind of what we'd like to focus on today because that's kind of a different idea. I think <laughs> most people don't think of abstraction as telling a story. And so um, I, I would say that it does. And, you know, to talk about the ways that story can be thought of, um, because I guess typically if you say the word story, you're thinking of something somebody's written or told you that sort of has a plot, right? <laughs> I mean, there's a there's an arc to the story. This happened, then this happened, uh, beginning, middle, and end. Uh, a written story or something um, that was, you know, put out as a story would have a plot, would have characters, would have, you know, a dramatic curve to it. So thinking about story in those terms, it's it's a little bit harder to understand it as a visual uh, idea, <laughs> but I think there's a case to be made for that. Well, abstraction at its core is a distillation of visual elements. And we can do the same thing with with story and with narrative in distilling it down to its most base elements and then bringing that into our abstract work and into the way that we express ourselves artistically. Mm -hmm. And very often, um, you know, what... What drives someone to create a work of art, whether it's abstraction or anything else, is a personal experience. And so, you know, I, I know from being an abstract painter and I know from lots of other sources that very often an abstract artist has uh, specific things in mind. And then, as you say, it's a distillation. It's a, um, a finding an essence of something so that it may not be apparent what the source was, but there almost is something, there almost always is something that the artist is reacting to or responding to. And it can be just playing with the visual elements, but even that can have a story to it. Um, and so, 
um, the the story is is part of what you do uh, as an abstract artist. But thinking of it in terms of story may be kind of a new idea. Um, but but you do you do have your stories. You do have your experiences. Um, and I, I would say there's a corollary too to written stories um, because you know if you've been taught creative writing or anything in school you're always uh, told that to use your personal details of your life. I mean, write about what you know is kind of the advice. Um, and I think that pain about what you know <laughs> is is a corollary. I mean, the, these the best stories come from our own experience. Um, even if they're fictionalized or put in some other form, they're rooted in something that we've been through, that we understand. Um, and there's also, I guess, another aspect. The best stories hang together. They're comprehensible. They they make sense. Um, it's not um, just sort of random stream of consciousness. And this is a really important point for visual art, um, to have something that holds your work together. But I guess where they differ is, you know, stories in art don't have to have the same kind of narrative that writing does. Um, they don't need a plot necessarily. And if if somebody says, well, put put story into your art, if you think of story only in that way, that's limiting. Um, and so to think of it in a bigger way, like what is a story? Um, in, a, in the big picture, it's something, to me, it's something that just sort of takes you out of your, your everyday life. It's, it transports you in some way, right? Like you you enter with your imagination. Uh, that certainly happens with with art, I think. I, I think that um, if we do distill stories down to their, their really base elements, what we're talking about is a subject, um, some kind of motion or action, uh, drama, so mm -hmm. conflict and resolution. And I think that these are things that can be brought into work, uh, even if it is very abstract. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we talk um, a lot about contrast in art, um, teach about that. And when you just said, well, there's, yeah, there's stories always have some kind of central uh, conflict and resolution, something that has to be solved. And that applies absolutely to working with the visual elements <laughs> and putting in these, uh, you know, a lot of times a, a, an abstract painting any painting benefits from some sense of tension. Like everything isn't completely calm. Everything isn't completely balanced. There's something that energizes the painting. Um, and that could be compared to that sort of feeling in a story, uh, a, a written or a told story. We're following a character. What's going to happen? They're, they have a problem. How are they going to solve it? Um, but that sense of tension, um, needing resolution, that we feel when we look at a painting. If, if everything is completely resolved, it's not all that interesting, really. Um, right, and much like life. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, we have these things that we need to resolve day to day, and it keeps us energized or, or stressed or something. But, <laughs> um, but I think, you know, as humans, when we look at art, you know, we feel that connection with the artist if we sense their story and their... Uh, process in in making the painting um, if it feels really mechanical or something then 
it, it lacks that. It lacks that energy. Because um, I, I think that is also in the sense of story. We want to feel a connection with the author or the artist um, on a human level. And that's what you get when you allow some some tension in a painting. And, you know, I personally have, I have to push myself to leave some things a little bit unresolved because there's, a, I have a tendency to refine and refine and make everything just right. And very often I have killed paintings by doing that. <laughs> I, I bring them back. I, I give them, you know, resuscitation, but they can go through a phase where they're just so like pleased with themselves, like everything's all wrapped up, you know? <laughs> I'm like, no, that's boring. Uh, we've got to break it up again. Um, and it would be like reading a sort of a trite story, you know, where everything's sort of predictable and um, there's no real excitement in it. So, <laughs> Do you find that it's easier to uh, work with the with these ideas in a, in a multi-panel format, at least when you're starting out? Do you mean work on more than one painting at once? Uh, well, I, I'm thinking back to some of your earlier series uh, where you would do multi-panel mm. works. Yeah, that was an interesting phase. I don't think it's, I guess for me, it was an answer to how to bring energy to a work because I would I would uh, kind of bring these different panels together that had different things going on and actually bolt them together or present them together. Um, you know, that's one way. I, I think uh, it's... <sighs> Yeah, easier. It was easier at the time. I think I had to move on to a different challenge where there was that sort of um, energy happening within a panel um, as I went. And, you know, I think that's that's the way I work now and have worked for years. Um, I think it may be easier for beginners to take on one thing at a time, to not try to tell an entire story every time. Um, work with color, work with line, work with shape. Um, get familiar with the with the characters. Basically, the the visual elements are the the uh, characters in your story, and until you get you know adept at uh, understanding how they work together, um, you may not be able to tell the story that you want. So I I think that's a good point. You know, starting out kind of focusing down on something. Real quick, I gotta let our listeners know about what's new at Cold Wax Academy. Rebecca and Jerry are busy preparing new presentations for their spring quarter weekly live interactive sessions. The topics for spring are shape, scale, and proportion, and self-coaching to improve your work habits and productivity. As always, there will be plenty of opportunities to interact with Rebecca, Jerry, and other members, along with critique sessions, feedback about your paintings, and of course, a deep dive into the three selected topics of the quarter. Cold Wax Academy has been receiving lots of rave reviews from members. They know it is the best online learning for cold wax painting available and the only membership program dedicated to this medium. Find out more at coldwaxacademy.com. That's coldwaxacademy.com. All right, let's get back into it. So I wanted to take um, a little closer look at the, the term abstract narrative, um, which is something that's thrown around in the art world, um, the abstract narrative, which is what we're talking about, right? And the first time I heard this term, um, 
it really struck me. This is a doorway into thinking about abstraction in a different way. It can also almost sound like a contradiction because we don't think necessarily of narrative when we think of abstraction. Um, but, you know, the more I thought about it, like this, this is a way of, another way of framing um, personal voice because it's your story and everybody has a story. It may be the story of um, your response to something or the story of a memory or the story of how you like to think about color, you know, whatever it is. Um, but just framing it that way as a narrative was was interesting to me because I hadn't done that. Um, what do you, what is, I guess basically it gets down to what is, is it that you want to say? Um, and I think this, where this comes from, this thing that you want to say, comes from a lot of different sources and it can be just visual can be just process oriented uh in the term in the sense of you know just working with the visual elements um this shape relates to that one your eye goes this way these lines form a pattern whatever it is because as we're painting as i'm painting i think those kind of thoughts and that's kind of a, a narrative inside as i'm i'm going along um, you know, people look for stories. Artists look for stories while they're creating. And so there is one story, I think, that goes on in every painting, and that's about the relationship between the different elements um, in the painting. And there's a story about the, the uh, progression or the process or the history of the work. Um, I did this and then I did that. Uh, some work you can see that process when you look at it. Um, like a lot of cold wax paintings, you can see the history because there's a lot of layering and there's a lot of exposing of layers. And it's one of the things that makes the surface so beautiful. So you can see, you might not be able to pick it apart. I can't pick it apart sometimes after I've done a painting. <laughs> How did I get there? But as a viewer, you can see that there was a there was a history in, in the painting of building up those layers, that's, I think, pretty compelling. Um, they're not, in my work anyway, not just flat color. There's a lot going on under the surface. Well, the human psyche is quite literally built for stories. This is this is how we interpret the entire world around us. Mm -hmm. And it, it, calling back and calling back to the beginning of the episode when we're talking about petroglyphs this this really is something that has always been the case with with the human mind mm -hmm. and the way that we observe reality you know yeah. history is literally his story so it's this is this is the way that that branding is done this is the way that uh religion is done this is this is everything in our whole world is a, is a story yeah and so when you're thinking about this it's it as you work. It's going to help you to connect with your work in a in a more meaningful way, and it's also going to help the viewer connect with your work and to you in a more meaningful way. And I think I think the idea of the story of the progress of a painting is kind of interesting because um, we we often want the painting to be done. You know, that's there's kind of an impatience that's that's built in, and, and it kind of relates to the idea of story. We're listening to a narrative. And we're very eager to see how it ends, right? <laughs> we want the mystery solved or the, the person to find their answer that we're reading about. And 
Yeah, we want that tension resolved. <laughs> we do. And we so in the midst of a painting, we're in the midst of a story that we do not know the ending of. <laughs> and you know, I guess it's it's helpful to look at that as as a um energizing and pleasurable state in the same way that we enjoy reading a novel all the way through, even though we don't know how it ends, right? We we're involved in the characters, we're involved in the setting. And um, it's kind of an engagement that we can feel as we work. And thinking of it as, this is a story, I don't know how it's going to end, but I'm enjoying it as it goes. Uh, It helps helps relieve a little bit of that uh, impatience to to just get this thing done. (laughs) And and, and what a helpful attitude to have with anything that you're doing in life, you know? (laughs) Oh, true. uh, Yeah. the the worst moments in our lives become really good stories later. And <laughs> they, they do. Yes. And the when we're in moments of tension and anxiety, it can be very helpful to think, you know, this is just a story that we're going to tell later and and yep. laugh about it. Yep. Laugh about it or maybe learn from it. You know, I mean, not all stories have happy endings for sure. No, certainly not. And so but but we always can look back at something we went through and we can see it as a story, right? I mean, you know, even things that ended badly, you you can understand them differently from a distance, from a pr- different perspective, and and see what you went through and see how it was resolved. Um, and it's yeah, to to think of whatever you're engaged in, whatever project is a story that will have an ending. Um, it's a good perspective, you know. I think I need more of this in my life. I mean, I, I can get impatient with paintings. I'm impatient with one right now. I just keep messing it up. <laughs> it's just, would you please resolve yourself? Um, and, and I guess, you know, like an author trying to work through how is this plot going to, going to end, you know? Um, and I find it fascinating when I hear about people writing fiction uh, authors writing fiction, and they say things like, "I've developed, I've put these characters down, and I'm not sure what they're going to do. I have to listen to my characters. I have to know, uh, understand them. I mean, they've created these characters, but there's a sense of the 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 book unfolding in a way that the author may not have preconceived. And I think that's fascinating and very very much like what we do in painting as well, um, in, in process-oriented, especially abstraction. You set the stage, you put some things down. What's going to happen? Uh, what are your characters going to tell you they need to do? Um, and then there's this unfolding that can be quite the journey. <laughs> well, and at the same time, you have to have a, uh, a a sense of intention and a sense of direction about the way the story functions the way that it's written um yeah because stories are are they have harmony they they strike chords they're like music and so if a story doesn't hit the right beats it it's gonna fall flat it's not gonna sound right it's not gonna play right right um and so although you can have these characters where you don't necessarily know how they're going to resolve themselves you do have to have a a sense of of certain beats within within the work that have to be there, and and the same is true of your yeah. artwork. If there are certain elements that have to be there, 
and you can allow the work to create itself around these elements, but they 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 can't get lost. Yeah, that's that's well said. I mean, it it occurs to me when you say that that it's kind of like, you know, a writer provides a setting, provides um, a theme, and and then within that there may be all kinds of changes or developments that they don't foresee. It it is really you know there's a really strong parallel there to. Um, you know, getting back to that personal voice idea, you have some, you have certain um, large ideas that interest you, and you have certain inclinations, um, source ideas, and then around that, uh, and of course, you know all the basics of, <laughs> you know, good composition and and relationships between the visual elements. So you set the stage, and then you you see what your characters are going to do, um, and that that stage can be you know can be set in a lot of ways. It can be something about um, something you've observed. I mean, a lot of um, abstract artists pull ideas from the visual world, from the landscape, or from figurative ideas, or something like that. Um, you can pull things from your emotions and from your memories and um, things you hear and read and all those things. Um, so they can all be part of the story. It can be a really interesting mix. And um, you set that stage and then it, it plays out in front of you. Uh, sometimes uh, in a linear sort of everything's fitting together and sometimes it's a big struggle to get everything to work. Um, but, you know, there's sort of the story of how something is made. <laughs> and, you know, and there's another story that I I think concerns us as, as artists, and that is, um, as artists, what is our story? Like, what about our life do we talk about or show in relation to the work? Because uh, this is something that engages people when they see your work. What? Who are you? You know, where are you working? What are you thinking about? What's your background? Um, and I remember, um, I think it was when we were talking to Dave Gita, you and I, and this idea of marketing yourself as a story came up. And I was honestly kind of put off by it. I thought, well, I'm not a story. Like, what is this? Um, but it, I get it. We all have a story. And we can decide um, how to shape that story, how to tell that story so that other people understand our work better. Um, and it doesn't, it doesn't have to, again, it doesn't have to be the kind of narrative story that has a, a plot, you know, or a resolution or anything. It's just kind of our background, really, the kind of things you might put in an artist statement or when you're talking to somebody about your work. Um, but there is this, you know, we have an overall journey when, as people, as artists, and so, you know, sometimes it's helpful for people to know something about that. Well, it does help um, to have a dragon to slay, to have some kind of higher purpose that that drives you. And I, I think that that's important both as as a motivating factor and and as a way of helping other people to understand your work and who you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, I, if you can if you can verbalize things about. Yeah, like why are you doing this and um and what what kind of struggles did you have what did you go through as you were learning 
it's, you know, because getting back to this thing about people love stories, people connect with them. You know, sometimes there's a bit of a purist attitude that, well, I don't need to say anything about my work or the cliche, my work speaks for itself. Um, but, you know, this this human aspect of story has always been with us. And it is something that um, grabs us emotionally, grabs us intellectually. Uh, when you hear it from another person, when you hear an interview, you read a, you see a documentary or something, there's that interest in how did they get there? What are they thinking? Uh, what's their intentions and purpose? Uh, because we want that. We want to know that for ourselves and we want to know that about somebody else. Well, and I, I understand that for a lot of artists, they really are just creating the art for their own satisfaction. Um, and, and it is just, uh, a hobby. Uh, but if, if I think that we, we create this, this podcast for all artists, but I have a, a special place in my heart for those who are trying to do this as a career and they're trying to, to, Mm -hmm. to do art as their primary vocation. And if that's you, then a big part of that is going to be your connection with other people and and the value that you provide to other people through your art and through your creativity and uh being able to express that and being able to to help other people connect with your art is 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 what's going to make your art valuable to them and what's going to support you as an artist mm-hmm. and so these this connection with other people is is vitally important especially if you're trying to make it as an artist as if this is your job. Um, yeah. and, and so the, for, for that individual, um, you know, this, this becomes far more important and, and being able to tell a story with your art and about your work and, and being able to connect on that level with people is the difference between an art being a hobby for you and needing to go get a day job and it being the thing that you do every moment of your waking life. Mm. Yeah, and and having that attitude of well, I don't need to talk about my work, or you know, if you if you are trying to be out there with it, if you look at if you look back at art history, well, we certainly know a lot about the artists that show up in art history books or contemporary art surveys or whatever. It's always part of it, you know. Where were they born? What did they do? What was their training? How did they live? Um, and so to sort of now in, in, in this moment say, well, I don't need to talk about myself. It's always been there. It's always been that there's an avenue of connecting with the art through who the person is who did it. Um, and, and we can do that for ourselves. It's not always easy. I mean, <laughs> I, I think people have, I think you, the person you're addressing that to, what you just said, the person who wants to get their work out there, um, has to find, I guess, the venues that work, the venues that feel personally comfortable, workable. So whether that's, um, you know, maybe it's a blog, maybe it's social media, um, maybe it's teaching classes, but something to to connect with other people. Uh, maybe it's an art group, you know, and you have a group of artists in your community um, that will help you understand your work and be able to talk about it and reach out to people that are interested, but they don't really get it. And there's a lot of people that are attracted to art, but they need a way in. 
they don't they don't have the language they don't quite get it but they have that a real pull towards it you know i've met a lot of people like that and they they're always a little bit embarrassed to try to talk about art cuz they think it's very rarefied and they don't know how what to say you know but well oftentimes what they'll say is i i don't know a lot about art but i know what i like and that's a very valid statement you know because right. because that is they're connecting emotionally with something right and and the secret is what people like is a good story yeah and then you're if it's your art that they like, then you have an opportunity to step in and, you know, sort of gently inform them a little bit about what they're looking at, and and then they've learned something and they're more connected. Um, and if you don't do that, it's kind of a missed opportunity, which sadly does happen. You know, there's there could be a sort of a snobbery in the art world, like, well, if somebody doesn't get it, too bad for them, you know. <laughs> But and, and no, and we we never make art that everybody's going to like. It's not that. But you know, if there's an opening, take it and and try to tell a little bit of your story and the story about what you did, the work. Um, it, it really engages people. Well, do you have any final thoughts to wrap up this episode? Well, I think that um, this. I guess it started. I started out talking about this trip to Utah and these uh, rock art things and. Um, you know, I, I came back from that and I've been reworking some of the paintings that I'd started before I left with the idea of that experience of seeing those layered images on the rock so that, you know, my experience then becomes part of the story of those paintings. And just thinking about it that way, I guess, was kind of interesting. We, we all, as artists, as visual artists, we definitely say things in our work that are not, uh, they do go beyond words. I mean, it is hard to put words to some of these things. But I think being conscious of your own narratives and your own sources, um, what you want to talk about can really strengthen your work instead of sort of drifting around, just trying to get something to happen. Um, focus on that narrative. Um, you know, stories bring meaning to any kind of art, whether it's abstraction or whether it's realism. And if you can sort of identify those, and it helps, uh, it helps with your focus and, and your work. All right. Well, that just about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. For more from The Messy Studio, please check out www.messystudiopodcast.com and sign up for the email list. You can also find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. For more from Rebecca Kroll, please check out www.rebeccacroll.com and Cold Wax Academy at www.coldwaxacademy.com and sign up for the email lists to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. The Messy Studio Podcast is a core publication management production. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody.